We have only 35 chambers. There is no 36. I know that. But I want to create a new chamber. And what would that be? I think Shaolin techniques should be available to all. So then, that's my idea for a new chamber. To teach the martial arts to the people. Anybody. Welcome back, all the listeners of My Three Cents Podcast. Welcome back to another, hopefully insightful episode. And uh, I want to thank, I want to take a second to thank all the supporters, people that are supporting the channel, helping me uh, help this thing progress, people I'm seeing out in the streets, and people leaving me messages and showing support, showing love. I very much so appreciate it. I thank you. I thank you. I thank you. And uh, if you're a new listener, welcome. And be sure to keep tuning in because what I'm giving you um, is unfiltered opinion, man. And a lot of people respect it for what it is, right? It wasn't my purpose to get out here and change anybody's views on anything. But if it's helping you think a little deeper, if it's causing you to step back and look at something to see it a little bit clearer, then look, I must be doing what I'm supposed to be doing. So thanks again. And let's get right into today's episode, um, which is going to be based on something I said in a previous episode that I felt like, you know, through talking to people and, and just thinking about it, um, I felt like it's something that I need to go ahead and clear up and address. So probably in episode two, three or four, I'm not sure which one. Um, I mentioned Kanye West. I mentioned some things he said some time ago. I believe it was last year sometime about slavery being a choice and I also mentioned that I agreed with him uh, but I did not expound on that I did not let you know what perspective I was coming from I didn't go any deeper in on it so this is what I'm gonna do today so today's episode is basically entitled the symbolism of slavery because if you know anything about this channel anything about this podcast I'm big on symbolism I'm big on exposing codes and things that you might not be seeing in a clear enough way. Might not have a 2020 on it, right? You, you know, you see something, but sometimes somebody can give you an insight to cause you to look a little bit deeper below the surface. So let me explain what I meant by him being correct about his comments that a lot of our people did not agree with. And when I say our people, I'm saying melanated people, the ones who were the so-called slaves. Um... So one of the first things I want to do is address Black Wall Street. And for those that have the knowledge of Black Wall Street and the black enterprise that existed for a long time before we found ourselves in this predicament, right, where we feel like we're so oppressed, but why weren't our ancestors as oppressed as we even claim to be when in fact we believe that the oppression we're referring to is paying some type of homage to them and what they went through so I want to clear some of that up right I want to help you think a little bit different about this whole slave narrative now 
for the people that have the knowledge of Black Wall Street. If you don't, please look it up because I do not explain everything here. I basically give you my three cents and I encourage you to go and look up anything you hear me talking about because again, I'm not saying anything that's within a belief system. I don't require you to believe anything I'm saying. I actually encourage you to go do your own research. Then you will see uh, with a clearer view through your own mind um, the different things I'm referring to. So um, with Black Wall Street, which if you have the knowledge of what that was, right, then you should also understand that slavery did not happen the way that they told us it did. How could the blacks of the past reach the point of stock ownership, wealth, and everything they were gaining from public markets if they were so oppressed? Well, my opinion, my three cents, the answer is because there were a lot of indentured servants. And this might be a term that you're not familiar with, but they have simply replaced that term with the term slave. So there were a lot of indentured servants who agreed to work towards land ownership, cattle ownership, and things of that nature. Yes, there was a human trafficking element, as there still is today. And we don't even want to really go there because guess what? It's a lot of our own people trafficking our own people, so let's not even touch that right now. We're so quick to point the finger and put blame on those that don't look like us. But... <laughs> I encourage you to look at the ones first that look like us, right? Don't throw stones and you know the rest. So um, there was not um, an entire slave movement, right? There were too many of us were too strong. There were too many of us to force. What they did was they finessed us. That's the way I like to put it. They finessed us. They finessed a good spirit, good natured people now the narrative a part of the narrative is having you believe that what you come from was so weak that the minority could easily come in do what they want to do to you and be done you know uh, and you're basically under their bidding right please don't believe that because that plays a huge part in what you believe you are today and what you're teaching your kids they are today right now remember they're going to teach them this stuff in school they're going to tell them that they came from slavery we did not come from slavery but what this thing is that they're calling slavery was something that occurred in our history or in our past at some point for a certain amount of time but definitely not the way they gave it to you and definitely not the way they continue to give it to you with movies like 12 Years a Slave, Django, and all types of movies where they're making millions and millions of dollars and also re-implanting in your mind, this is where you come from. And what are you doing? You're paying your good money to go watch it and contribute to the narrative. Now, first of all, I want to give you the Merriam-Webster... Actually, I want to give you the... The Blacks uh, Law Dictionary definition of the word slave. Maybe then we can understand a little bit better why they can use that as a blanket statement. Slave, a person who is wholly subject to the will of another. One who has no freedom of action. 
but whose person and services are wholly under the control of another. Now, the Webster version, one who is under the power of a master and who belongs to him so that the master may sell and dispose of his person, of his industry and of his labor without his being able to do anything, have anything or acquire anything, but what must belong to his master. So the second part of what I just gave you was the Merriam-Webster definition. And the first part I gave you was the law, Black's Law Dictionary definition. Now, already you can probably see the difference in these two definitions. The law is telling you simply a person who was wholly subject to the will of another who has no freedom of action, but whose person and services are wholly under the control of another. Guess what? By law, you, yes, you, the one listening, are a legal slave. How? Well, when you're at work, when you're at school, can you do what everything that you want to do? I don't think so. Right? You have no freedom of action. Your services and your person, which just means your property and your body, are actually under the control of another. These are the people so-called above you, which they call your boss, or which they call, you know, the principal, or whatever the case may be. But what I'm trying to show you is the slave mentality that has spilled over into civilization as a whole. It used to be called master, now he's called boss, right? It's the same thing. Now, this includes all colors, all cultures of people being enslaved today, right now. What happens when you get caught doing something at work on your phone or... Uh, looking up stuff on the computer that's not work-related. You in trouble, right? All right, slave. So let's understand that these terms are meant to play a psychological trick on you. They're not meant to define things, per se. Interesting fact I want to tell you about Merriam-Webster. Merriam-Webster was a 33rd-degree mason. His whole job was to make his definitions a certain way, right? To make them come off in a certain light so that the reader would interpret them the way that he or they wanted you to interpret them. That does not mean these are the definitions of these things. So you have to do research. Before you give in to these titles and these labels, please do some type of research. Me, myself, I like to study etymology. Starts with uh, E-T-Y, if you want to look that up, etymology. Now, etymology is so interesting because you can get back to the root of our language, of all the languages, of all the words, and what you start to see is that, wait a minute, all this stuff comes from one source until different nations got their hands on it, and gave you the version that correlates to where they are from and where they live. So it's very dangerous to go by other people's definition. So I encourage you, get into etymology. Start breaking down the language because then you can find the true foundation and where things really came from. 
Look, all you're going to find is that ancient Kemet, which they now refer to as Egypt or uh, Sumeria, um, this is the origin of pretty much everything that exists now. So a lot of the things you're seeing now are just transmutated versions, right? Translations. So be wary of translation because whenever somebody's giving you a translation of something, you have to first think and realize this is not the original. What is the difference? You got to ask yourself. So the point of me reading that definition um, was only to let you see that, look, by definition, if, we, if we're going by that, <laughs> man, we're all still slaves. You see? Because there ain't no way in the world right now you can go out and do everything that you want to do. You're not allowed. Let's be real. So let me move on from that. Um, what I want to say next is this. It's associated with, let me grab my notes here because uh, I want to always make sure I don't miss what I'm trying to, what I'm trying to give you. Right. So with this whole slavery mentality and, and, and this whole this whole narrative that they've given us about it, um, you know, uh, about it being forced on us and how we say, you know, it was not a choice. We wouldn't have chose to be slaves. Did you choose to be a slave right now? I don't think you did. But by definition, you are. So you got to understand how systems get put in place. You're just born into the system. It's not your fault. But it's your fault if you do not take a good look around. If you do not dive deeper. It is your fault at some point. Or else you're not even authorized to give your opinion. You have no dog in the fight. You see? That's how that works. So... To me, the first issue is the way that the whole slave narrative was delivered to us as a whole, right? If you're, if you're misinformed in this country, or anywhere for that matter, if you are misinformed, then guess what? You wouldn't recognize the truth. You see how that works? If I've been telling you something your entire life and you believed it, how could you actually recognize the truth? So sometimes it's important to come up out of our belief systems. Come up out of our comfort zones. Listen to what the next man is saying sometimes. Because believe it or not, that's how knowledge comes across. Knowledge itself. If everything I said, you just nodded your head yes to. And nothing struck you as strange or different. Then guess what? I'm not giving you knowledge. You see... When knowledge shows up, it looks strange. It sounds different. I'm not sure about it. But that's why. Because it's an aspect of life that I haven't looked into. This is what makes it knowledge. This is why even the Bible says to lean not on your own understanding. Look. What is understanding? 
is to stand under another man's knowledge or information. What is understanding? It is to be able to take that information, apply it to self in a way that it becomes your knowledge. What is overstanding? It's being able to use that information in a way that can transform your life of sorts, right? And you will be able to pass that on to the next man. That is the overstanding level. Where do these terms come from? Have you ever seen, of course you have, a house where you walk in on the first floor, but there's a second and a third floor? What you gotta understand, you see how I did that? <laughs> what you gotta understand and understand is that once man was done with the first floor and went up to the second, before he could do anything on the second floor, he had to first go back downstairs because what is now his foundation of the second floor was the highest level of the first floor. So understanding is to stand under. But you got to check that foundation. You got to check the story before you move up. Right? Because how do you know that that floor is going to hold? So what I'm giving you is just another way to consider what you're being told, what you're being shown. 98% of our ancestors were not in chains and shackles. I said 98%. They were not in chains or shackles, nor did they come on a sailboat from West Africa. Remember, these weren't motorboats, people. These narratives they're giving you are so full of holes, you should be able to see this stuff a mile away. Where are all the slave ships in the museums? Have y'all seen any? I'm curious. Leave me a message. Let me know. The pale-faced foreigners, which is what they were referred to back then, so remember, I always use the verbiage that I know you can connect with and understand and understand exactly who I'm referring to. Never take it as racism, please. I don't play those games, right? So the pale-faced foreigners were the ones that came by the millions by boat to North America starting in the late 1790s. I'm going to give you a bit of a history lesson. Now, this is also when the Census Bureau started. And also why they don't go into detail about the so-called amount of whites that it took to allegedly kidnap. Now, get this number. 12.5 million Africans from Africa. This is the story that they're telling you in school. The transatlantic slave trade. They're trying to tell you that the Europeans swooped in and started shuffling 12.5 million Africans during this time period from one place to another. Please don't believe the hype. Never happened this way. Now, why am I so sure about what I'm saying? You got to understand that there are transcripts, not just his storybooks. There are actual written logs kept in museums and in different places that you can actually go and see, look up online, and read for yourself. Journals. 
all right? Not just pulling this out of thin air. Transatlantic slave trade story has misled us as a whole. Many, many, many records prove that our ancestors were actually already here before the arrival of any pale-faced foreigner at any time back, back then, right? So you say, oh, well, uh, no, those were the Indians. Well, guess what? Before they were rebranded as the Indians, they were actually referred to as the brown-skinned people. Now, this is probably going to take a whole nother podcast to explain to you what a $5 Indian is. To explain to you that at some point, the wars were used to run the Indians across the Mississippi. This had to do with France, England, all kind of stuff you probably have no idea about. The $5 Indian, just to give you the short version, was when the European was allowed for $5 to purchase Indian land and reservations and be referred to as an Indian. This is what they call the $5 Indian. It's not slang, it's real. A lot of people that live here in the South have heard of the Seminoles, right? You've all heard of the Seminoles. You know that the Seminoles feud with the Gators, right? Actually, my daughter just recently did a book report uh, for school on the Indians, and she chose the Seminoles, being here in Florida. Um, and I felt like that was a good tribe for her to do her research on to also educate her at the same time. Because, look, the Gators and the, and the Seminoles feud so much because, drumroll, the Gators are represented by the Caucasian or the European and the Seminoles are represented by the brown-skinned people. Now, the Seminoles were a tribe that fought back, fought back, and fought back against this country to not move the way they told them to move. This is why they're still here in Florida. This is why their namesake is still around, and they've been made into some type of mascot for a sports team. Because what do sports represent, people? War. This is why they're played in arenas. This is why this is one team versus another team. Pay attention. Even when they come on the field, they start every game with a war cry. Right or wrong. So the Seminoles, man, they would strike back when you read through history. They would pop up on the European and slaughter. They would slaughter each other. But to me, this tribe stands out because... They were never fully defeated, and they never did make that big move across the Mississippi. They held their ground. Now, that's kind of funny because Florida is a hold-your-ground state. Hmm. Interesting. Where'd that come from? So, there are actually many records um, that prove that our ancestors were already here before the, before the arrival of any pale-faced foreigner. It was actually the missionaries that were the Catholics and the Quakers that came up with the idea to buy land from the French on the coast, on, I'm sorry, on the coast of Africa. Now this is West Africa. This was in order to ship our ancestors from America 
to Africa. Now, I know this might be the first time a lot of you have heard this and you thought it only went the other way. No, my people, please understand and understand that they had to come here where we already were, Turtle Island. Look that up if you don't know what that means. Use force and take us and ship us to Africa. To the west coast of Africa where they had already purchased land. So we're talking Sierra Leone. Had to do with this. Look it up. With the French. So when I say slavery was a choice. People say no it wasn't a choice. Look. We're not just some weak culture of of people and ancestors that just did the biddings of the European didn't go down like that in the 1800s there were actually 61 documented wars not battles wars that lasted for years now during the time of the so-called slavery story that they've given you our ancestors were not in shackles they were the ones that actually taught the Europeans how to farm and grow crops on their own lands, the lands of Africa and the lands of America. You see, foreigners are not accustomed to the lands that they know nothing about. So how could they even survive by growing crops and doing the things that it would take for food? Also, a lot of our ancestors end up being prisoners of war. So they didn't just go quietly. They weren't, no, they weren't chumps. 61 documented wars. Look it up. These wars lasted for many years between our indigenous ancestors and the invading foreigners right here on what they call U.S. soil. Our people made peace with them. This is where we got tricked. Our people made peace with them by treaties. And many, many promises that were made and were not kept on the side of the European. To this day, we're fighting and killing each other at this point. You look at places like Los Angeles and Chicago, just for two examples. What are they doing in the streets when it's time to stop fighting? They're signing treaties. Where do you think these ideologies come from? Now, it's a part of genocide. Moving on. Our ancestors were the, um, the true sharecroppers, right? That actually owned these lands called the Americas today. The white foreigners were actually the tenants on our land. But again, we were too good of a people we were too trustworthy. Or I'm sorry, too trusting. Right? So, the foreigners, the Europeans, um, and our ancestors went into business with each other. But our ancestors actually thought that they were going to uphold their ends of these bargains. 
Remember how I told you they had to show them how to work the land and got tricked into permanent positions. So because the deals went very wrong for us is why you get the slave narrative today. Our ancestors inadvertently made the mistake of choosing to trust the enemy, which had a different agenda in mind, ultimately getting our people to build this country for little to nothing. This is what I'm trying to show you. So, even now, more than ever, it is still that way. You look at these big corporations, you look at the Nikes, you look at um, all the other big companies that we're so happy to work for and at least have a job. When a lot of times we're the best employees in these places, but we never get put to a position of decision making for some reason. Right? Because what will happen? Well, we'll just take over. We're a dominant factor. But they don't want to factor us in. So even to this day, our people are being taken advantage of because of a lack of knowledge of their own history. So even right now, we're working for foreign companies and we're building them from the ground up on our own land to this day for next to nothing. So, again, man, my goal today was to just show you why I stand where I stand with this whole slavery thing and about this whole choice thing. There's something you might not have heard some time ago. It's a statement that says, give me liberty or give me death. Give me liberty or give me death. This was said by Patrick Henry. Look it up. And you'll understand why he was trying to make this point at this time in history. You see, because this is a time where the European found himself in a position of trying to gain freedom or liberty from Great Britain. He said they're going to have to fight for it. Sounds like a choice to me. The same way we fought. Now, there's always a choice. And that's my whole point in this. I want the youth, I want people to know there's always a choice. Let me know any time where all your choices were removed. I can't, I can't even imagine that. Because even if it's going to land you in, in, in so-called hot water, guess what? You still have a choice. And you always will. So there's always a choice. And don't let anyone make you believe that our choices were ever taken away from us. We might have been tricked from being too trusting. We might have actually thought that people were going to make good on their promises. But we did not choose to be in that position. We actually chose the opposite. So I think this is where Kanye was misunderstood 
by saying it was a choice. Now I'm thinking maybe people were thinking that he was meaning we chose to be slaves. I don't know. But clearly something was misinterpreted. For someone to take away all your choices is to give you the illusion that you had no power and they had all the power. See, some choices might not be what we consider the best choices. But they are choices nonetheless. Give me liberty or give me death. That's a tough choice, but it's a choice. So I also want to bring up now you have organizations like ADOS or ADOS. Where a lot of our people feel like they're doing us justice. This is the American Descendants of Slavery uh, Coalition or whatever you want to call it. But in my opinion, movements like this actually hurt our people and promote the slave culture. You see, by believing the slave narrative and expecting the ones quote unquote responsible to pay us. This is what they call reparations. Now, the whole 40 acres and a mule, I'm sure you've heard of. But why? Again, a lot of our people were indentured servants. They had arrangements and agreements. 40 acres and a mule was one of them. Yeah, man, as soon as you help me get my land going, I'm going to bless you. I'm going to bless you. I'm going to bless you. Never happened. So do we really think that now getting reparations will make the narrative go away? Or does accepting the money actually just promote and perpetuate the slave narrative? So ask yourself, which is more valuable? Which is more valuable to us as a whole? The truth or the check? Leave me comments and let me know. So this was a short one today, relatively. Um, I just wanted to get in and get out. I wanted to give you my three cents on why I had the opinion I had and uh I wanted to do our ancestors some justice at the same time. Shout out to the ancestors, right? The ones in your bloodstream. Because when you arrived, at the exact point in time when you arrived, what do you think the energies were made of that accumulated to create you? If not everything in your bloodline that came before you. So shout out to the ancestors. Stop wasting our quote unquote freedom, black people. Stop gang banging. Stop adopting the warmongers mentality. That's not you. You don't have to be tough. You're already tough enough. Focus on a little bit more love. Focus on a little bit more family. 
maybe we can help each other elevate. I shouldn't have to watch my back in a neighborhood full of people that look like me. That don't sound right. So even with the next episode, what you're going to see is that this was a precursor for that. I'm going in. I'm going in. You got to tune in to see what it's going to be. I'm going in. So uh, once again, thanks for listening. Thanks for coming back to this channel, to this podcast. I really, really, really hope you got something great from this. I hope it sparks something in you to go and look around and take a look. And if you got anything from it, give it to somebody. Pass it along. Right? Until next time, this has been My Three Cents.